The 315th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! You're all way to Worthy, Worthy 5, the Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber, front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out foul. of timeout, technical foul, technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout! Front court, Williams on the drive, gets it back out to head, long outside shot, short rebound, May, it's over! And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champion. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh here with you guys today, going to recap Hubert Davis's media session ahead of the Boston College game run through the, the 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 best and most important quotes that the head coach of the Tar Heels uh, delivered when he met with the media on Friday afternoon. We'll take a look at the history with the Boston College Eagles, tell you about the recent the, the, the recent success Carolina has enjoyed against Boston College um, as well. But we start every edition of the pod, as we always do with the pod thought of the day. And um, today's pod thought is brought to you by legendary Notre Dame football coach Newt Rockney. Um, and the thought is, quote, the secret of winning is working more as a team, less as individuals. And, and we have really talked at length how together this group is. You know, Coach Coach Davis talked about it in his, in his, uh, his press conference today. He's like, you know, no matter what this team does on and off the floor, they're doing it as a team, whether it's going to eat, going to, you know, play video games, going bowling, no matter what it is, it's not just a group of individuals doing so. It's the team. Um, and, and you're seeing that translate itself onto the basketball court where it's a team out there, not a group of individuals. Um, and it's a big reason why Carolina is where they are right now, 14-3, and 6-0 and in the league. And looking like a team that's going to be capable of winning the national championship, um, and, and so it's been a lot of fun to watch because last year, the last couple of years have been kind of a shock to the system. Not watching Carolina play as a team, more of an individual. They've gotten back to the basics. They've gotten back to 
the fundamentals. They've gotten back to the foundation of this program. And it's not a surprise to me, and it shouldn't be a surprise to you, why this team is where it is as we sit here in the middle of January. Well, as you know, up next is Boston College, Carolina on the road, going up to Conti Forum. Um, at all time, Carolina is 22-6 and against the Eagles, um, including going 16-1 and in the last 17 games. So even though Boston College plays Carolina tough, whether the game's in Chapel Hill or in Chestnut Hill, Carolina has emerged victorious 16 of the last 17 times. Since Boston College joined the ACC back in the early 2000s, Carolina is a respectable 20-5 and against the former Big East program. And, you know, I, I really talked at length about the environment that they're going into, how tough Conti Forum can be, and it will be done in this game with it being sold out. But Carolina is 9-1 all-time in Conti Forum, and they've won seven straight uh, since losing up there back in that disastrous 2009-2010 season. So, um, you know, this is a program that, as I mentioned, plays Carolina tough, but more often than not, Carolina does come out on the winning end, and that's what we're hoping to see on Saturday afternoon. Well, with that, we're not wasting any time. As you know, since I've started doing these, a faster-paced edition of the show, a shorter edition of the show, but one that I still think brings great value to you, the listener, getting you as prepared for the next game and just kind of talking about the team as a whole. So, um, you know, Hubert Davis met with the media on Friday. Um, as is standard customary before the Saturday ACC game. And, uh, right off the rip, you know, he was talked about Quentin Post, a guy that's an all-ACC caliber player. In my opinion, he's the best player in college basketball that nobody knows about. Um, and Coach Davis was asked about the challenges Post will present Carolina on Saturday afternoon. Like he's a big that can score consistently around the paint, but I mean he can shoot the ball from outside. It's not just maybe one three a game. I, you know, for example, the Notre Dame game they don't win without Quentin Post. He has three threes in the last four or five minutes of the game, and I mean, <laughs> game's over. And so his ability to off of ball screens, DHOs, be able to pop and be able to shoot three. That's different. You know, we just don't play many guys that at that size can shoot the ball from the outside and be that effective. So it it, it stretches you out defensively. Um, there's things that we're going to have to tweak and pivot and, and alter and change to be able to defend that. But he can also score consistently down low in the paint, and that's what makes him one of the better players in our conference. And let it be known, this is, this is a quality basketball player. That Carolina is going to have their hands, their their hands full of on on Saturday. Uh, Armando Baycott needs to be as locked in defensively um, as he's been at any point in time. Jalen Washington needs to keep doing the things he's doing to impact the game when he's in the game as well. And you know, Hubert Davis mentioned you know he needs Jalen Withers to defend him at a high level kind of tipping his hand there that you'll probably see some smaller lineups on the court Saturday on Saturday 
to deal with them, um, to help them be able to cover the, 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 the width of the court more better because Boston College will play five out. Uh, but also, as we've talked about at times, you put a small defender on a bigger on a bigger guy, it just, just causes problems because they're able to get up into them a lot more easier, be in their hip pocket, they move better. Um, and I, I think with as good as an individual defender as Jalen Withers is, you could see that definitely happening uh, happening on Saturday. All in all, this is going to be a fun matchup. These are two of the best bigs in the in the conference. As, as 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 I said, two of the best bigs in the country going at it. We've seen Armando Baycott flip a switch here in conference play. You know he'll be fired up to go out and put together a big performance on the road. Well, this isn't the first big guy that Carolina um, has had to deal with that can stretch the floor, shoot over 40% from three, but also put the ball on the floor and create for others. P.J. Hall of Clemson uh, provided the the same type of challenges, and Hubert Davis was asked about the comparisons between the two bigs. Yeah, you know, that, that that's a very, you know, um, good comparison. You know, uh, P.J. can he can really shoot the ball from the outside as well, and so um, uh, it will be, you know, for Armando, for uh, Jay Wash, for James, just their ability to be able to guard them in a post, but also be in position to contest their three and not let them be a factor from the outside. And also, Quinn Post can pass too. You know, they put him at the high post, and he's a terrific passer. Uh, Zachary's a leading assist getter, but second is is post. That's that's pretty cool, you know. So I mean, that's it's gonna again stretch us defensively, and but I'm excited about the challenge, and I know Armando and the rest of our other big men are are excited about the challenge as well. I think what really stands out about Post is his ability to control the game as a passer, second on the team um, in assists, and can really control the game. It has the floor game. Um, of a big man that is pretty – it's pretty fun to watch. Um, and you really got to respect the way that he plays. And he's going to he's gonna cause a lot of problems. Armando's got to make sure when he closes out that he's closing out and taking away a perimeter shot but not closing out too far and taking himself out of position and allowing Post to put the, put the, put the ball on the floor and drive right past him. Um, you know, you go back and watch the way that Armando defended – P.J. Hall, uh, back earlier this month, it was as good a defense we've seen individually from Armando Baycott in his five-year career at Carolina. So he's capable of doing it. He's moving so much better this year because he's in better shape. He's in better uh, – you know, he's just healthier, so he can move a lot better. And that needs to, that needs to carry over um, in this game because if not, Post can kill you from the top of the key. He can kill you from putting the ball on the floor and getting to the bucket. And even if you take away his ability to score and create for himself, he can't control the game and create for others with his ability to pass the basketball. You know, one thing we talk about uh, whenever you get in the conference play, whenever we look at the non-conference or when we look at the conference schedule, I look at the Saturday-Monday turnarounds um, just to see how many – Carolina has. They've only got two to deal with this season, 
Um, so they got quite a break in that category. And this is the first one with Carolina, of course, at Boston College on Saturday. Back home on Monday against Wake Forest and what's going to feel like an old Big Fourth uh, showdown. Um, and so Hubert Davis was asked if they prepare different, differently for these types of games and these types of circumstances. No, not really. I mean, you know, yesterday in terms of preparation, um, it was more, you know, walkthrough um, as opposed to getting up and down the floor and be similar of that today and, you know, and getting ready to play tomorrow afternoon. Um, but in terms of like the preparation, maybe, you know, in terms of going up and down, that would change. But like the process of preparing to play, that never changes. And so irregardless of the schedule, um, we do the things that allow us to put us in a position to play our best. And we'll do that for tomorrow. He shouldn't prepare any differently because, you know, this is the best way to simulate what you've got to deal with in the tournament, which is play a game and then be ready for your next opponent in 36 hours or less. Um, you know, sometimes you get almost a full 48 hours between games just depending on the way that TV dictates the way the matchups fall. But generally, you're playing again in 36 hours. So you got to get your bodies recovered. You've got to get your feet up off the ground. But you've also got to do your homework, and you've got to scout the opponent, and you've got to be um, prepared to go out and play at a high level. So, of course, Carolina's not going to think about Wake Forest until they get done with Boston College, and, and rightfully so. Um, this is where Carolina's depth makes this easier to navigate. And you hope that given where Carolina is and where Boston College is, you can use your bench a little bit more than you probably would have been able to use them in years past. And so, um, you know, this is a great way to simulate what you've got to do come tournament time. And we expect this team to not only make the tournament, but make a deep run come March. One thing that another thing we talk about a lot every non-conference season is how that non-conference slate gets them ready for the ACC gauntlet. Carolina once again played as tough a non-conference schedule as a power conference um, opponent or a, a power conference team can. Um, you know, playing a stretch of five ranked teams in six games—the first time that's ever happened in the history of the program—and. Hubert Davis made it known that the non-conference schedule, it got them ready for ACC play. I really think our non-conference, you know, the diversity of, of games and teams that we played and the level in which we played, I really do think it has helped us, you know, because one, we had success, and then, and two, you know, there's, you know, in terms of style, there's not really much out there that we hadn't seen before in terms of individual, you know, players and styles and um, defenses. And so, um, you know, going into conference season, it does give us confidence that, you know, we've, we've gone against whatever we're trying to face, whatever particular night. And I, I really believe our non-conference schedule has really helped us move in, in trying to be successful in, in conference play. It's something that I I just truly believe in. Uh, I don't like losing games, but I'd rather lose games in November than February and March. And, you know, I think the losses to UConn and Kentucky were good for this team uh, because it showed them how close they were, 
but also define the areas they had to improve to be on the same playing level as those two teams. And UConn and Kentucky are both very capable of, of winning a national championship this season. And, and so, you know, this was something that, frankly, when Hubert got the job, I wanted to see how he was going to build his non-conference schedule because they played tough non-conferences under Coach Smith, but it never felt like to what you saw under Coach Williams where Carolina was generally playing the toughest non-conference schedule in the country, whether you're including Power Fives or or mid-major programs. Um, And I think you look at all the different ways Carolina had to win games in the non-conference because of all the different styles that they had to play. They virtually saw everything that you could see in today's college basketball um, and prepared them for the ACC where they're going to see different styles. You're going to see different brands. Well, Carolina's not overreacting. They're not shell-shocked by what they're seeing. They're, they're prepared for it, and it's translating onto the basketball court in a big way. And it's as big a reason why they're 6-0 and in ACC play as we sit here in the middle of January. Of course, after the Louisville game, we had to talk about Jalen Withers really coming into his own, recorded a double-double off the bench. You could argue was the second or third best player on the court that night for Carolina. And we've seen gradual growth and improvement from the Louisville transfer. And Coach Davis spoke about what he thinks behind the recent improvement we've seen from the senior forward. Going from one program to another, I just, you know, from my experience, you know, I got traded twice and got waived once in the NBA and picked up with a new team. That That's, you know, it takes time to be able to adjust to a new coach, new coaching staff, new system, new teammates. And, and that was just basketball, you know, for transfers. They've got to adjust to a new school, new rhythm, you know, the way that the program runs. And so it takes time. And the thing that I... One of the many things that I love about Jay Witt is, is just his continued pursuit to continue to grow every day in terms of learning what to do, you know, his job and his responsibilities. I fet like every day he's gotten more comfortable of, of what he can do and what we need him to do out there on the floor. And I just thought he was fantastic against Louisville. I mean, his ability to cut and finish around a basket. I've said this to you guys before, we just don't have anybody on the team that can make some of the plays that he made on Wednesday night. There are some transfer programs, there are some tra- there are some programs that players transfer in right away and they just pick up where they left off. Carolina's not that way. Because Carolina's unique, it's different. Um, you've got to kind of get your feet wet, you got to find your niche, you got to figure out, you know, what to do and then how to navigate the campus. And I think... You know, you're seeing that with Jalen Withers. This is a college student that you know, left all he ever knew to transfer to an in-state school or a, an in-conference school, but a, a school that he probably grew up wanting to play at because he grew up playing basketball in the city of Charlotte. Um, and, and so, um, you know, this has been a guy that, of all the transfers, Sim and Paxson Wojcik been the most critical of just because they haven't been as impactful at times as Cormac and, and, and Harrison Ingram have been. But make no mistake about it, Carolina needs Jalen Withers. You saw the difference maker he was 
on Wednesday night, um, getting to the boards, defending at a high level, creating offense for himself and for others. And, um, you know, it, it felt like it took him a little bit longer to, to get acclimated and, and figure out who he was um, and who he was going to be at Carolina. But he has a role. It's defined. He knows what's asked of him. He knows what's expected of him when he walks on the basketball court. Um, and he's accepted that role. And he's played beautifully. Um, and he's a big reason why this team is where it is right now. He's going to be a big reason. He's going to be a big part of the success that this team enjoys throughout the remainder of the regular season and hopefully into postseason play. The last thing. Um, of course, the defense has gotten all the attention. It's a top 10 defensive unit, according to Ken Pop. Um, it, it's been night and day from what we saw in the non-conference schedule as opposed to what we've seen in ACC play. And Heber Davis was asked about if there's one area he'd still like to see his team grow and improve on defensively. One area that's continues that I'd like to continue to improve on is defending without fouling. You know, it's a big piece for us to be able to dominate points in a paint, attack the basket through post penetration, offensive rebounding, and allow us to get to the free throw line. But for us, can we defend consistently and defend without fouling and putting teams on the free throw line? Because that's a free that's a free throw battle that we want to win every game. Yeah, folks, he ain't wrong. Um, I love the effort. I love the intensity that Carolina plays with defensively, but they foul too often. Um, and they foul shooters too often. Um, it felt like, you know, against State a few weeks ago, they played great defense for 22 to 24 seconds, and then they'd foul. And they were bailing out and rewarding or, or just bailing State out and not being rewarded for playing great individual and team defense in the half court. Um, and that's what championship teams do, man. Um, championship teams play really good defense for the entire length of the shot clock. And they do so without fouling. Um, you've seen Hubert Davis take guys off the court for fouling three-point shooters. So there's a little bit more accountability being shown uh, from the head coach this year. But you got to quit putting teams at the foul line. As much as it is important for Carolina to get there on their own right, you don't want to put opponents there more often than not and have a chance to capitalize on the most uh, efficient play in basketball which is the foul shot because you're scoring without the clock moving. So, um, And it's why I said the other week that I didn't think this team had peaked yet because I still saw areas that this team could grow and improve um, as the season moves along. And that's definitely one of them. And hopefully we see the start of that improvement on Saturday against Boston College. Well, no matter what happens on Saturday up in Chestnut Hill, we'll have you covered on the website. That's HeelToughBlog.com where you go check out a preview of the game that's up on the website as we speak. After the game does code final, within the hour or so, um, I'll have you covered uh, with the recap article as I continue to take you through the remainder of the basketball season. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Reminder that it is the weekend and we go live on our Facebook 
and our and my Twitter page. So you can find us at the Heel Tough Blog on Facebook or on my Twitter at HTB underscore Josh. We'll be live on Saturday evening recapping this game. So make sure you go and check out the live edition as we recap the win over Boston College or the game against Boston College. Hopefully, though, I'm recapping. We're recapping a win. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I do want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!